Welcome to the Sliders and Curveballs podcast. My name is Mike, and I'm here with my son, Joseph. Together, we are learning sports one game at a time. Hello, sports fans, and welcome to today's show. You're in for a treat. Uh, we're fortunate to be re- recording at the beautiful West Hartford campus of the University of St. Joseph's. We are right beside the James A. Calhoun Gymnasium, where they're having a little volleyball tournament going on right now. And we have a very special guest, two-time UConn basketball champion and assistant basketball coach here for the Blue Jays, Tyler Olander. Welcome to the Sliders and Curveballs podcast. Yeah, thank, thanks for having me. I'm excited to, uh, to answer some questions and uh, talk with you guys for a bit here. Yeah, he literally just came right off the bus, and here we are in a little private office, and uh, we're ready to go. Thanks so much for making the time. We're about three days before Halloween. Do you remember back when you were little, what was one of your favorite Halloween costumes growing up, Tyler? I was big uh, cowboy and football player. Those are like my two. Those are your go-to. Yeah, those are my go-to. Now, my favorite of Joseph's, and he didn't really agree with me this morning, he was a little police officer. He had the little tie, the little handcuffs. He'd walk up the stairs, and before he rang the doorbell, it would go, he would just have that siren going. Um, Do you remember when a couple when you were younger, Joe, or what are you going to tell Tyler what you're going to be now? Um, being this costume, it's like uh, X eyes and then like a stitched mouth and it lights up red and then it has like light up gloves. I'm wearing a black hoodie and black pants. And it looks pretty cool. That, yeah, that sounds very cool. Yeah, yeah and you can get awesome. the gloves could stay uh, fully lit or they can kind of blink Flash, on and off, right? And then, and then the same with the mask. Awesome. Oh, that's a good one. All right, well, Joseph, why don't you go ahead and kick us off? Hi, Tyler. Thank you for inviting us out to your gym. How did practice go today, and how good can your Blue Jays be this year? Uh, so practice went pretty well. We actually scrimmaged uh, Southern Connecticut, who's got a very good Division II team. Um, but we did some really good things, and I think um, we got some younger guys who need to learn a little bit and, and gel together with some of our veteran guys. But once we find that uh, cohesion, I think we'll be uh, good again and have another successful year. Awesome. We'd love to maybe come on out and check out a game. Um, a couple of top players to, to look for who are going to make have a big um, impact on the team this year? Yeah, so uh, definitely our leader, Jalen Samuels. Uh, he's been uh, Defensive Player of the Year the past two seasons in our conference. Uh, very exciting player on both ends. And uh, sophomore, uh, Lance Altenor. I think he's going to have a breakout year uh, on both ends. He can score, really shoot the ball, so he's one to look out for too. Nice. Are a lot of the kids that go to school here, are they from Connecticut? Or do you? what's, what's the furthest from home? Furthest from home, we've got um, Freddie, 
uh, Feldrop from Germany. Wow. Uh, we've got Rory, he's from Ireland, and Tony's from California. Wow, okay. Uh, so, yeah. so we've got a lot of guys from all over the place. Um, and this is kind of the first year, you know, for the first few years that the program was in existence, it was mostly Connecticut guys, but we're starting to, to branch out and get some national recognition where, um, you know, more and more guys are interested in coming to St. Joe's. That's nice. My yeah. cousin actually wants to come here for pharmacist for uh, pharmacy, and he wants to be a baseball player. That's awesome. Yeah, shout out to Billy, who just got his driver's license, came over and saw Uncle Mikey yesterday and Joseph, mm -hmm. and we got a little pizza, and uh, we watched a little bit of the Celtics game yesterday, who were 2-0, right? Yep. So, well, for, your, for our younger fans, St. Joseph's just started playing men's basketball here 2018 under the guidance of Hall of Fame coach Jim Calhoun. And they played Division Three, ironically against my alma mater. I went to uh, Johnson Wales University in Rhode Island for, oh, yeah. for culinary and food service. Uh, got my bachelor's degree there. They, that was many moons ago. But I didn't realize back then that they would eventually played uh, a school right, you know, 10, 15 minutes from my house. So uh, you guys have been very successful early on, a 29 and 2 record last year, including being ranked number one uh, for nine consecutive weeks. So what an exciting time yeah. here in West Hartford and a beautiful campus, obviously. Um, so let's go back, if we can, to 2011, Tyler. It's your first week of practice with Jim Calhoun. Did it ever cross your mind, even for a second, that about 10, 11 years later, you would be beside Coach Calhoun's son, Jeff, and now head coach, Glenn Miller, just 10 minutes from downtown Hartford? How did this happen? Um, I never would have thought of that, you know, in 10, 12 years ago, uh, in 2011. It, it happened, I was... Um, you know, I played some a little bit of baseball and then retired from sports and, and took a little bit of break. And I was working um, in like the staffing industry and, and really just missed being around sports. Um, and I knew Coach Miller was here uh, coaching. So I uh, gave him a call one day. He's like, hey, I really don't like, you know, what I'm doing. I think I want to get back into sports and I'd love to coach. And I, I think I could be pretty good at it. And, you know, he was like, yeah, come by. Our season starts. Uh, in a week and lo would love to have you on staff. I think you'd be a great addition. Uh, so that started last year um, and absolutely loved it um, and definitely want to pursue it going forward as, you know, what I want to do for the rest of my life. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, congratulations. What a, what a great opportunity, not far from home. You have people that you're familiar with. And so um, refresh my memory now. We were guessing your age. You're, you are now? 31. 31. So fast forward, uh, how high can basketball and coaching take you? I, I think sky's the limit. I think I'm very dedicated to it. Um, I think I've experienced life outside of sports and know what I don't want to do, which kind of fuels the fire even more. I think I've got great people in my circle, like Coach Calhoun, uh, Coach Miller, to name a few. Um, you know, great people to learn under, uh, especially in terms of coaching. Um, and I think uh, it's something my heart is in. Uh, so I'm just going to work as hard as I can and see where it takes me. That's great. We're excited. Now, we, we need some front row seats, though, if, you're, if you start to be the Celtics future head coach, okay? <laughs> sure. um, uh, and just out of curiosity, why, did that phone, why was that phone call made to basketball rather than baseball? Um, because basketball had just been such a bigger part of my life, and I would played it for so much longer, I felt that I could impact young people um, in a greater way than I could with baseball. I just had a vaster knowledge, way more experience, um, the connections that I had made, the people who I had, uh, for lack of a better word, like mentored me and just been around, I feel like applied to basketball much more than it did baseball. I feel like I had a, a more concrete place to stand and my voice could be heard better in basketball. Okay, that's fantastic. I mean, who can't respect somebody who's got two what? Rings. You know it. Go ahead with your second question, Joe. 
What was it like growing up in Connecticut with your bro- with your brother Ryan and both parents involved in sports? My dad tells me you played QB in high school basketball and loved baseball too. Yeah, no, it's, it was great uh, having an older brother like like mine who's you know seven feet tall, good athlete, someone to look up to. Um, you know, made me better. I think I don't think I would have been the player that I am or had the success and been able to do the things I had done had it not been for my brother or my parents. Um, you know, my dad was a very good coach at Tolland. Uh, he was a baseball guy. My mom played at Keene State. So um, sports has always been huge in my family and, and my younger sister as well uh, was a very good player at Bryant University. Um, so yeah, and, and yeah, played a little bit of football freshman year of high school. And no, no baseball in high school though. Just, just basketball, pretty much after, after football. Do you have fond memories of playing growing up playing little league? Yeah, absolutely. I think you know many, my dad especially, many other people who were around me would say baseball was probably my best sport growing up for sure. And then probably football was my second. I think basketball, um, not that I was bad, it's just I was better at the other two. But I just fell in love with basketball, just the pace of it and the game. So I, you know, decided to stop playing the other two and focus a hundred percent on basketball throughout high school. That's awesome. So Joseph is in the majors for baseball. um, And then he also just made the sixth grade travel team for basketball. Um, When you played uh, little league, what positions were you playing? Uh, Little league, I was pitcher and first base. And then uh, in middle school, I played a little bit of outfield as well. And when you started high school, how tall were you? I was about 6'3", and freshman year to sophomore year, I had a big growth spurt where I got up to like 6'8", so like five inches in a year. Oh, wow. And, and it was kind of up there for the rest. Look at that. And Kevin Freeman, when he started his camp, he was saying, uh, raise your hand. This is about 75 kids, would you say, Joe? He said, raise your hand if you're a guard. Or raise your hand if you play in the front court. And, you know, kids would raise their hand. And then he would, he would say, there's no such thing. He says, I grew five inches over one summer. So he says, we're going to learn front court skills and back court skills because you don't have a particular position right now. We don't know how tall you're going to be. If you stop growing, you're going to be a guard. Yeah. If you sprout up like I do, you're going to the front court. So he goes, you got to learn how to post up and you also got to learn how to handle. And that was the beginning of a two-day um, experience that we had uh, up in, uh, in Windsor with him. And it was great. And, and we're looking forward to going back again. That's He's true. also been on the show. As a matter of fact, Joseph, you lost a tooth on that, in the middle of that show, right? Wow. Yeah. Um, so speaking of 2011, that's one of my five favorite years. Yeah. The season had a rocky finish. You lost four of the last five games. Mm-hmm. Then boom, an epic run. Yeah. Five wins in five days at Madison Square Garden, including beating four Big East ranked teams. Cardiac Kemba versus Pitt, then six more wins to win a title. Take us back to your freshman year. And how could a team that gets so hot at the right time after struggling late and then end up beating Kentucky and Butler to win Jim Calhoun's third title. Yeah, that, that was a really uh, fun team to be on. Um, you know, obviously led by Kemba, who is easily one of my favorite teammates I've ever had in any sport uh, throughout my life. Um, and, you know, we just had seven freshmen in there, a few sophomores who we were young. Um, you know, no one expected much of us that year. I think, you know, preseason, no one was talking about UConn. And um, we we kind of loved that. We loved uh, being the underdog and proving people wrong and you know we played with this little chip on our shoulder and that they've kind of kept us rolling and you know we knew we were a good team and we knew that the end of the year struggle uh, wasn't us it didn't define us and then you know we could easily roll off the wins that we did in a row and um, you know make a run in, in the NCAA tournament um, and no better place to do it than Madison Square Garden it was you know such a scene was set there 
uh, five games in five nights. It was it was too good. That was almost better than the tournament. I mean, the tournament gives you the hardware, but the five and five and beating four ranked teams. What stands out to you during that period where you're just grinding day after day? How tired were you by game four and five? Yeah, I think you're just that's it. You're just grinding. You know, you just you know that it's you're in there with your team who you've been working with all year. You don't want it to end. I think we were pretty sure that we had to at least make the Big East championship game. Like we weren't we weren't a lock in by any means. You know, people were like, Oh, this is one of the first teams out. Yeah, they uh, might not make the gone. tournament, Joe, if they didn't yeah. have that shot where Kemba broke uh, McGee's ankles against Pitt. Yeah. One of the most famous shots in UConn's history. Yeah. How excited were you when you saw that go in? Oh my god, it was it was surreal. I remember just running off the bench, running to Kemba, places going crazy because that's you know, Madison Square Garden is like home away from home from UConn. We uh we travel very well there, so it's a great atmosphere for us. And yeah, like so we needed those. So like everyone was in it, we were passionate, no one wanted that season to end. Uh, we we loved being in the gym together, um, and we were excited that the season just kept going. We just wanted to play for the next day. And you're a freshman, so you must be beyond excited that you're even. Look how deep we keep going. We keep going. We keep winning. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it was that whole year was kind of just like a magic carpet ride, starting out in Maui, uh, which was a great preseason tournament. It's you know never been to Hawaii. It's a beautiful place, and you know we're playing. Uh, Michigan State, we're playing Kentucky out there in this tiny little gym, and uh, we won that tournament and then just kind of kept rolling. Um, so just, just winning tournaments in general, uh, especially when you do it at that level of college basketball with the guys that you do it with, you're just you know, really good guys working very hard, pushing each other every day. It, it makes it that much more worth it. No doubt. I remember the Maui situation. Kemba also went nuts, I think, during the Kentucky game. That's really like a coming out party for him. Uh, going to Hawaii, how special. We, were, my, my wife and Joseph and I were going to go to Hawaii maybe this summer for my, my 25th uh, wedding anniversary. But uh, we pray for everybody that's, that's over there with all the destruction that happened. But it must have been very special for you to enjoy not only the on-the-court excitement and saying, hey, we're, we're pretty good. We're going to be able to hold our own in, in the Big East this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to be able to also enjoy all the great things that Hawaii has to offer. Absolutely. A feast for the eyes and the soul. It absolutely was. So Joseph, you've seen some of the YouTube videos of Kemba because he was like Kemba's on the Celtics. What did he What did he play like when he was in in college? Kemba scored 130 points in the Big East tournament in five games. That's like an average of 26 points a game. Um, then throughout the NCAA tournament, Walker had 36 points against future NBA champion Kawhi Leonard, his team, and Kawhi only scored 12 in that game. And then I, I want to ask you, Tyler, what was your view and feeling like during the Arizona game? The last second three-pointer from sharpshooter Jamil Horn. Um, I was praying. Uh, I'm a bit superstitious. I was at um, uh, Joseph's aunt, uncle's house, Sherry. She had made this lasagna, and I tabbed it, final four lasagna. I felt that we needed to eat lasagna every year at the final four in order to get there. But what was it like when, when you saw that shot go up? To me, it looked like it was going in. What's it like from your perspective? From my perspective, at that point, you know, we had just been on such a run. It just felt like it couldn't go in. Like we were just destined to be in a, a final four team. Um, and, yeah, for, we went up and... I just knew it wasn't going in. That's great. It just like again, it just felt like uh, such um, such destiny for us to be in the final four and continue this run. Like it was too special uh, for us to lose like that. Um, so I, you know, I was pretty confident it wasn't going to go in, and was very happy it didn't. Obviously, and um, 
we were able to go down to to Houston and continue that run in the Final Four. Just incredible. If if Connecticut is being put in the state of Texas, <laughs> look out Texas, right? Because yeah. they're coming home with some hardware. For sure. They have great success in Texas. Joseph, why don't you go ahead with your next one? We're going to learn about your second title shortly. But during during your four years at UConn, you had two different head coaches. You moved conferences and lost neighborhood rivalries. Plus, had March Madness banned. How did you survive it all? Yeah, I think we just had a a, a really great core group of guys. Like we had, like I said, we had fre- seven freshmen come in my first year. Uh, ended with uh, Shabazz Napier, Niels Giffey, and myself. Um, and we just really became brothers. Um, I think we learned what it meant to win. We grew up a lot um, from when we were freshmen to when we were seniors, and we had, I think, great wisdom and great experience to pass down to, to the guys behind us that you know helped us. You know, Even though we were banned my uh, junior year, we were able to come out senior year and win another national championship. Um, you know, We had guys buy in. Um, you know, I think I, I was blessed with Coach Calhoun, obviously, who's, in my opinion, the greatest coach and program builder uh, in the history of college, I would say college sports. Uh, and then Kevin Alley, who came along and just had amazing basketball wisdom after, a, a, you know, a, a very long NBA career. Uh, and then we were just able to, to use both and, and they were able to keep us together cohesively to, you know, win and, and be effective uh, in March. And what did it feel like with knowing as a player? I mean, I know what it feels like to this day as a fan, um, leaving the Big East. That was tough. Um, You know, growing up, I I grew up right in stores. Big East had such a brand. Um, It meant something to play in the Big East. And, you know, not that the AAC was a bad conference. I think there was some good good teams in there. Um, But it just didn't have the same feel, the same energy, uh, the same buzz. Uh, you know, the, the games weren't as hyped up, you know, like a UConn Syracuse, a UConn Villanova, Georgetown, Pittsburgh, uh, you know, all these really great Big East schools. Um, it just didn't have the same feel to it night in and night out. And so I'm very happy they're back. I, I honestly hope they never leave because um, I just think we're a basketball school and we should we should treat it like such. Yeah, I mean, I respect football and I understand yeah. the dollars behind it, but football is such a generator in this that it always has to be, you always have to be aware of your position with it. And I hope that, I've even heard this week, the NIT is thinking about doing changes to their schedule. I hope that they don't mess with the NCAA tournament. Yeah. You want to have Cinderella's, you want to have powerhouses. And um, But yeah, I mean, if you work an eight-hour day and it's February and it's uh, you know 10 degrees out, I go to the XL Center and we're playing Tulsa. I want to be able to see the Villanova guys. They're walking around and we're kind of at it and jawing with each other and yeah. the Philly connection or Georgetown. That's that's what made things great. And that's what I grew up watching. So yeah. um, in your junior year as a fan, I was incredibly mad uh, and I was disappointed in college basketball. I felt the school was treated uh, unfairly. Uh, players transferred. I thought that UConn was punished twice unnecessarily mm-hmm. for low grades. I really didn't even want to watch games. Um, what's the locker room vibe like and your thought process when you're getting ready to start a season and you know that even if we go undefeated, there won't be a postseason? Yeah, I think you just still have so much to play for. Um, you know, we have such an amazing fan base that you want to put the best product out there for them. Um, you know, even though we can't play uh, postseason, I don't think it really mattered to us. We all had personal goals and things we wanted to accomplish and I think it's, um, you know, the ultimate message is that if we go have a successful year uh, and, 
uh, compete every day. And, and that's just, I think, the brand of UConn is, you know, creating, uh, you know, great people, great young men who, no matter what the circumstances are, are going to put their best foot forward um, and give it their all, um, no matter what can happen in the postseason or what will happen later in life. Um, and I think that's something UConn has a tradition of doing very well. That's really great. And I'll tell you this, I'll never forget it. I'm in Miami. I'm on vacation. Joseph was one and a half years old. He was sleeping on my lap. And I was just going to peek at the Armed Forces Classic from Germany. Um, UConn was playing number 14, Michigan State. You know, were we going to be any good? Did anyone care? Would I care with the players? I saw you fight. You stuffed the stat sheet, which I know that I always tell Joseph, make an impact in some way. Um, and you stuffed every column, um, pulled off the upset. I might've yelled a few times and my wife comes in and says, I, I thought you didn't care about this season. I thought you were taking the season off. This season doesn't count. And I said, well, maybe, you know, we could play spoiler this year. And I convinced myself that it was worth cheering for. What was that overseas trip like for you and the team? You go to Germany. Yeah, that was, that was an incredible trip. Um, especially for the armed forces classic, you know, we were at the Ramstein air base and, you know, that also really put things into perspective. That's like an air base where they bring a lot of wounded uh, soldiers um, from wherever uh, in the world. And it really puts things in perspective, makes you appreciate uh, everything that the armed uh, services, the men and women there do for our country. And that we're able to go to Germany and play a game versus Michigan State uh, was really special. And to do it in front of uh, an audience full of uh, servicemen and women made it even more special. Um, and to wear just like those camo uniforms, is it was just a really great experience. It's a really great um, event. Uh, at the time, we had a few guys from Germany, so it was really special for them as well to have family and friends there who probably never would have been able to see a game otherwise. Um, and versus Michigan State, it's been, you know, at a conference, a uh, really great matchup, I think, for forever. Um, you know, they, was it in, uh, was it 08? Up in uh, Indy? Oh, uh, when they won their championship with yeah. Mateen Cleaves? Yeah. Yeah. And um, Izzo's a legendary coach. Izzo's legendary and legendary yeah. coach. And, you know, they just, it's just a great, I think, out-of-conference rivalry, two powerhouse elite programs. Um, and it was, it was really special. I mean, it, was, it seemed to me like it was played at a NCAA tournament excitement level. It, okay. The guys were hyped to play. Oh, yeah. Nobody wants to fly that far, and, and you're going home. You're getting you know, thrown out of the gym, losing by 20. It was, it was like a tournament atmosphere. Yeah, it was. It was. And that's the, the special thing about those preseason things. You get a chance to see you know, where you're at at this time in the year. And there's probably a good chance to see them in March. Uh, you know, hopefully in a Final Four or Elite Eight or however far you get, those are probably the teams you're you're going to compete against there too. Yeah, that was exciting. And by the way, later in the season, you score 16-7 and seven versus number 17th-ranked Notre Dame and some dude named Jack Cooley. Um, who were some of the toughest players that you remember playing in your four years? Um, in my first year, uh, we played Arizona, obviously, and Derek Williams – was just a freak athlete. Absolutely. What and, an incredible dunker. Yeah. And he was just tough. He was bigger, stronger, uh, more athletic than most guys. Obviously, uh, Kawhi Leonard. Um, who else did we play? Yeah, Jack Cooley was another big guy. Um, Rick Jackson from Syracuse. Um, a lot. We had a lot. Um, Fab Mello from Syracuse. He's just a big body. So Not to so mention many. the guys that you play actually at UConn themselves, oh, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah, to deal with some of them as well. Yeah. Joseph, go ahead with another one. Your senior year, 
UConn wins their fourth national championship, the Shabazz team. What were your favorite stories from the season leading into the title game versus Kentucky? It ended up being a 7-8 versus eight seed finals at Cowboy Stadium. And what kind of a football fan are you? Cowboys fan. You're a Cowboys fan? All right, we'll let it slide. We'll let it slide. I'm a Patriots fan uh, myself. But that year was uh, really special uh, for me. I think Shabazz and Niels. Uh, Giffy as well. Um, you know, we had been there four years. We had won the championship. We'd been on a, our sophomore year team. It was probably the most talented team we were on, top to bottom, um, and just kind of underperformed as a team. And then obviously junior year we were banned, uh, so we you know went through a coaching change, uh, losing a Hall of Fame coach. We felt like we'd kind of been through a lot uh, as a as a class. Uh, we had lost uh, was it four other guys who came in with us, and different guys transferred in and out. Um, so for us to stick together and really get um, a group of young guys to buy in and follow us and let us lead them, uh, kind of show them how it's done, what it means to be a Husky um, and play for UConn and just take that through, you know, a, a difficult season into March uh, where, you know, we weren't, like I said, we were a lower seed um, and we're still able to show everybody what we can do uh, was, was special. And to end it with a championship was, was icing on the cake. It was made everything worth it. No doubt. Do you have some great memories of the parades that happened? And what was it like playing at AT&T Stadium where they had like a jumbotron from the 20 to the 20? Yeah. Is that the most people that you've ever played in For front sure. of? Absolutely. That was like 70 or 80,000 people, uh, right? Close to 80,000. Oh, yeah. my God. Uh, Houston was big, but it wasn't that big. And um, yeah, I remember like in the background of like the behind the hoops, they had like a Ford dealership in the Cowboy Stadium, so there's, like, cars, like, spinning around. Oh, wow. It's, That's how big it is, Joe. There's a, there's a dealership selling cars in the stadium. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a massive, massive arena, and, you know, just put a little basketball court in the middle there. The Jumbotron was bigger than the court, so, you know, people way up in the, you know, nosebleeds way back were watching the Jumbotron more than they could see the court. It was... Um, you guys must have looked like ants down there. Yeah, it must have looked like ants for sure. Now, what's, what's, what's Tyler Olander feel like? Two hours before the game and the night before the game. Uh, I'm excited. I uh, tough for me to go to sleep. I'm, okay. Um, you know, I like like to bring energy, play with energy. If uh, I feel like if uh, for any athlete, that's one thing that you can kind of control and bring. Um, so I'm just hyped up, ready to go. Um, maybe reviewing some film, reviewing some notes, looking at the scouting report, uh, trying to get some sleep, hydrate uh, before the game. Same thing. Really, just ready to go. Trying to get guys locked in. Um, really communicating, um, getting everybody on the same page dialed in. Now, Joseph, your coach this year for travel is has said that you guys might have some spaghetti nights where you actually have at somebody that at a restaurant um, where they tape some of your games and maybe you kind of look at, you know, could you have gone middle here? Look, this guy was open. Maybe you could have passed it so you can review things. Um, Tyler, what's it like? Uh, you know, you have your your physical part of the game, but when can you tell Joseph a little bit about what you're looking at a, a sheet and they tell you these are the names that you might match up again yep. uh, against. Uh, he he likes to go left. He doesn't. He he likes to shoot from three. Yep. Maybe close out on him a little quicker. He doesn't like to make him uncomfortable here. What are, what are you getting from some of that information? What's what's it like on paper and TV to prepare your mind versus all the stuff that you you do for the game itself? Yeah. So. Like uh, the scouting report it's called, you know, you'll watch film, uh, you'll have the scouting report in front of you and you'll go through each guy. So they'll talk about 
oh, you know, this guy's a shooter, you got to close out well, make him put the ball on the floor, and then they'll show some clips. Uh, so you can kind of see what his game is like, where his strengths are, um, you know, what, what he wants to do with the ball, what, he, what, what they kind of do off the ball to get open. Uh, and you kind of think and realize, okay, what can I do to prepare myself to shut that down okay. or to make it hard on them to score? Because uh, a lot of these guys, especially at that level of UConn, is like they're, they're really good players and they're going to score and they're going to score a lot. And it's just more how can you control that? How can you minimize it? Um, how can you be effective and get them off their game? True. Now, when an opposing coach is looking at a scouting report of Tyler Olander, what do you think that they are looking at? What, what What's on the scouting report that has your name on it for another player? Uh, I think a uh, pretty good shooter can shoot it. Uh, I would say probably good lefty hook if he catches it in the paint. Okay. Uh, sets good screens. Um, and uh, can rebound a little bit. Probably, probably mine. That's fantastic. Um, I'll go with this. Uh, aside from your titles and the priceless Final Four experiences, name three highlights from your college journey in Storrs, Connecticut, that stand out to you. Um, and then also, what are a couple of changes that you would make if you could go back in time? Uh, so a few highlights that stand out. I think definitely. Uh, it was it wasn't a game winning. It was a game ceiling three uh, versus Maryland uh, up in Brooklyn. I watched uh, the YouTube video of that. Yeah, just this was, past uh, week. That was a big one. Uh, I think you know your first first night or uh, midnight madness. Um, you know, getting your name called out there, especially for me, just being a kid from Mansfield. You're I, from Mansfield, uh, yeah. you know, and he's right there in stores. Are you dancing a little or, or what kind of music dance. was playing? Yeah, uh, I forget what music. You kind of just almost like blackout because it's just so exciting. You, yeah. you just hear your name, you just go out and, you know, don't even know what you do, but it's just so exciting. Um, again, every time, you know, I'd start and I'd hear, you know, Senator from Mansfield, Connecticut, just it made me feel very good. And uh, just the connections I've made with people. Sure. Um, the fans uh, from all over. Um, you know, it's, it's just been really special. And I'm, you know, very thankful I chose UConn. And it was, it's been really good to me. Absolutely. I'm sure your dad must be very proud. Yeah, very proud. Definitely is. And, uh, you know, of all of us, you know, my brother um, had a great career at Fairfield. My sister as well. So, um, you know, hats off to my parents. They did a really Absolutely. Good job. They should be very proud. And, yeah. and we are of you as, as well as fans. And before we get to a couple of things that you might want to change, yeah. I could just tell you now, I would love Joseph to go to UConn. I would love him to score the first point in a national championship game. But I know I have this weird feeling in the back of my head because he's likes broadcasting, he likes sports. I'm going to Syracuse. He's gonna end up going to Syracuse. No. Now if he gets a full ride, That's are you okay that. with me wearing like an orange uh, type of well, can I wear any yeah. color of orange if he if they pay for school for him for four years? Do I have to go to a game at the carrier dome? Do I have to I think you could still wear your Yukon's to the carrier dome. Maybe. Okay. Um, and you still will be a UConn guy, but you'll, yeah. you're going to go to school there because you know the school is good for, yeah. for journalism. I don't know. I just feel like I need a note from a Tyler Olander to yeah. get through this process and I may have to you know, certify me. Maybe I'll get a UConn tattoo or something like that. What do you think? All right, Joseph. Um, oh, we'll go back to you, Tyler, for a second. So, um, you know, here's a kid. Jo Joseph, when he was coming here, he's looking at everybody's sneakers. Yeah. He's like, oh, he's got foam runners. He's got these 350s. He's got these Yeezys. He goes, I wish I was in a dorm right now. He's 11. I wish I was in a dorm right now with snacks. He goes, mm -hmm. do you go to school uh, uh, five, six, seven, seven days a week? 
He goes, because I want to I put enough credits where I only have to go to school one day a week, he says. I said, what are you going to do the other six days? So you can imagine, fast forward five or six years, we got a hot firecracker here who, who might be in Schenectady, New York area. Um, what, is the, what are some of the pitfalls of college life? What, what does he need to watch for? What, what would you change if you could go back in time? Yeah, so things I would change um, going back in time was I, would, I tried to please everybody, I think, which was a, a big mistake, just being from... Uh, Mansfield right there went to my high school was literally on the campus I feel like I had all these expectations that I, I tried to live up to and okay. it was, got pulled in a ton of different directions um, and I think I would just kind of block all that out and focus more on why I was there you know spend more time in the gym um, I don't think you can spend enough time on your craft which is you know being a coach now I realize that it's easier said than done um, especially for, you know, an, an 18, 19, 20, 21 year old, like it's, it's not the easiest decisions to make, but um, definitely spend more time in the gym, um, more time in the classroom, you know, those other things, uh, the college social life is always going to be there even after, but that, that opportunity you have to uh, really take advantage of your academics and, you know, if you're so lucky your athletic career. Um, to cherish that and uh, appreciate it more than than maybe some people do. Yeah, I was telling Joseph uh, when we were uh, waiting on the bus, I said, he said, um, can you imagine being at a college and you get to go to all these games? I'm going to go to the field hockey game. I'm going to go to the volleyball game. He's telling me the score of the volleyball game. The kids in at, at uh, in school in the Rhode Island area, the kids that went to school and then went to all the games, get home at 10 o'clock at night, they saw three games, Stopped off and got a burger. They're like, oh, I'm tired. They didn't read the book they were supposed to read. They go back. They fail their quiz the next day. Those are the kids that failed out of school. Yeah. Pick, a, pick one game you love. You want to go to Gamble and, and, and be a great student and enjoy it, great. You're going to just go around and be, you know, Mr. Social. It's going to end up being a problem for you. So we got to make sure that you, uh, you know, these are experiences that we're learning. We're keeping in the back of our mind for when, for when you're older, Joe, you know. Yeah. Um, go ahead. You got another one, Joe? A player's journey can be messed up by injuries. I'm so sorry you had a few tough ones. Your foot and Achilles tendon. Do you have any advice to stay strong when life's knocking you down? Yeah, I think I think you just have to have a constant belief in yourself. No matter what uh, life throws at you, um, you just got to keep moving forward. Um, I think there's always a silver lining. There's always an opportunity um, to maybe work on something else, get stronger in a different area. Um, you know, and it, it's an opportunity for you to show what you can really do, right? It's it's easy when things are going well, but what kind of person are you going to be when things don't go your way? Because in life, they're they're not. Um, and that's a tough lesson, uh, especially even our guys. It's like, what are you going to do when things get hard? Uh, are you going to quit or are you going to, you know, find a way, persist, um, and then find success in that way? And I think the latter uh, is much better. If you can persist, um, really push through, uh, life's tough moments then you know you that becomes your habit and then the tough moments become very easy because you've been there before you know how to handle it uh, and you're on to the next thing uh, and then I think the best gift that you can give through those is you can help other people through that um, so once you're able to do it you know your your friend uh, having a tough time you're able to put your arm around them and, and bring them along and help them through it uh, which I think is the best gift you can give in life. Yeah, it must have been very tough to get through a couple of those injuries because they halted. And I was telling Joseph before we got here, you're getting ready to talk to a kid who's arguably one of the greatest athletes in the state of Connecticut. I mean, he's he plays college football. He he's he's playing uh, high baseball. He's a two-time national champion. What what can't he do? You know what I mean? And and I says we got to get some intel on what are you able 
to accomplish when, when things don't always steer the way that they're supposed to. I've had um, uh, two knee surgeries. I had to come down the stairs a little slow, but the Achilles tendon I know is a real monster. Um, do you remember how hard it was trying to rehab that? It was very hard. And I think the, for me, what was frustrating was the, uh, my foot, my junior year of college, going into my senior year, missed a lot of that, you know, summer of getting better. And then like my Achilles was going into my fourth, third or fourth year with the Blue Jays when I really felt like things were going well. So it was like when I kind of really got to a place where I was like, okay, this is going to be my year, um, you know, an injury happened, right? And it would have been very easy to sulk and be upset and, um, you know, like, why is this happening to me? Or I can, um, you know, motivate myself and say, I'm going to come back stronger, um, which is kind of what I did with my other foot. When I was playing basketball in Europe, I broke my foot over there. And instead of just being upset with it, I said, you know what, I'm going to switch and I'm going to play baseball. Um, and I worked very hard. I got some really good people in my corner, like uh, Andy Baylock, and, you know, just made it happen. So I think it just shows me that no matter what's going on, no matter what things are holding you back, uh, if you believe in yourself, you surround yourself with the right people and you believe uh, it can happen, then you can you can make it happen. What do I always say, Joe, when I drop you off at school? Fly with the what? Eagles. And don't hang out with the? Africa. The buzzards or whatever they may be, the crows. Fly with the eagles. Um, I had read, and thank you so much for that, Tyler. It's, it's tremendous advice, uh, priceless. I had read that you coached a kid here who averaged two rebounds a game to eight. Joseph is sometimes allergic to the paint. Uh, he's a smaller combo guard. Um, plus, you teach financial literacy to yeah. youngsters inner city. Yeah. Joseph's learning, do I want to spend? Do I want to save? He just bought himself his first bicycle, paid for it all with his own money, a, a nice right. mountain bike. Um, can you share a few tips for success on the court and off the court? Yeah, on the court, I think um, you just have to work hard. You got to be excited about being there. Um, you got to come in with a passion every day. Uh, you get, and you got to compete. You got to want to be the best in the gym. Um, and I think effort and energy and attitude are three things you got to carry with you um, every day. Like just, you know, shots may not fall, um, you know, in baseball, you may not be finding a strike zone, but if you bring a good effort and attitude, um, you know, your teammates will feed off that as well. They will, if you have a bad attitude, you want to be a guy who can lead um, and set an example through that, no matter if things are going good or bad. Um, and I think that applies off the court as well. Uh, if you can be a good person, you can help other people, um, you know, think, think outside of yourself, um, care about other people, um, then success will happen for you. But I think work ethic, attitude, uh, effort are, are huge. That's really big. Joseph, your um, first b uh, basketball practice is what, the night before? Monday. Monday. The night before Halloween is going to have about 40-something practices, 22-ish 40, games. 48 practices, 22 games. And maybe a holiday tournament or and two. And two holiday tournaments. So it's a lot. And this is the first year that they actually have closed practice. Do you remember your dad coming to watch you practice? So I hope they didn't design this for me. There's a good chance they could have. They have me sign two waivers. Um, I don't get kicked out of most baseball fields, but the basketball, for some reason, my energy level gets a little higher. Yeah. Um, but uh, apparently I got to drop him off and, and then he's going to tell me every day, I made six shots, I made a game winner, I locked up so-and-so, and then it's, I'm going to get to see it, I guess, in a game. But uh, do you remember when you were little and you, and you were practicing? Uh, was it open or closed back then? Um, I, when I was basketball, my dad was the coach. So that, I mean, it was open for him, but I think it was usually closed. Uh, baseball was usually open just because it's outside. Yeah. And it's just hanging out. But I remember basketball being closed when I was younger, too. You have a, a final one, Joseph? 
You took a break from um, basketball and was good enough to play baseball in the Toronto Blue Jays organization. I like to pitch. I'm a lefty like you. What were your favorite pitches to throw, and what was your best game on the mound? Um, my favorite pitches to throw, um, I liked to, I had a good lefty sink, so it kind of ran off, so I could Sinker. sink, yeah, so just hold like a two-seam fastball grip, and I had a little extra sink, and then I'd come back in with like a slider, so just get him out and bring him back in, and um, my favorite pitching memory was we were, when I was with the Blue Jays, we were down, where were we, somewhere in a Tennessee, I think, playing the team down there, and it was kind of a big game, a big moment, um, you know, and was able to come in. I was a relief pitcher, so came in and was able to uh, shut the other team down, and it just felt really great. Team was excited. Um, we were able to win the game because of it. That's you, amazing. Were you in the MLB, or did you end in, like, triple-A, double-A, single-A? I ended up in single-A. That's good. Yeah. Now, we have, uh, you know, we're Red Sox fans, um, we're Celtics fans, big UConn fans, obviously, um, and then we, we branch off a little bit on football, where I do the Dolphins, because he lived in Miami for 10 years, and somehow he fell in love with this uh, this this Blue Star Cowboy okay. team. Bill. Well, I guess his, his uh, older cousin, he kind of uh, emulates him and looks mm-hmm. up to him. Um, with the Toronto Blue Jays team, uh, he, he's a big fan of Vlad Guerrero Jr., as oh, yeah. am I. Um, uh, you know, Bo Bichette is tough. Uh, did you did you get any uh, crossover with any of these players? Yeah, I was uh, just in the minors down there in spring training. You're just around all the guys all the time. Um, so I was around Vladdy quite a bit, and Bo was actually on my first team. Uh, we played together, and he was, you know, he was right out of high school, uh, and he was phenomenal, like really good hitter. He's a little guy, but he goes ahead and takes it. Yeah, uh, he's got some power for. He's got guy. some power. Yeah, he's he's a really good player. Um, and, and a lot of these guys, yeah, a lot of the guys I played with are making their debuts for different teams. Um, and so it's good to see. It's really good to see. That's awesome. Well, why don't we finish with this? Um, so whether it's baseball or basketball, you enjoy teaching sports. Um, even out in Mansfield, Connecticut has held the For the Love of the Game camp for over 40 plus years. And you give back. Thank you. Um, I know Cal- Coach Calhoun taught you a lot. Let's end with what is your favorite Coach Calhoun story? Oh, there's so many. Um, you know, like I said, he's he's my goat. I I think he's the greatest coach of all time. He's he's a master motivator. Uh, clearly, he's a program builder. You know, he built UConn from nothing, and he built St. Joe's to a you know national nationally respected Division three program in in a few years, which is when you think about it, uh, mind blowing. Um, a, a good Coach Calhoun uh, story, you know, in terms of Coach Calhoun, how people know him was I had, we were playing Maine, it was my sophomore year, I'd got my first double-double, um, and I was, you know, excited, felt good, and then I, I missed an assignment, and he took me out, and he goes, uh, Maine, that's a good school for you, maybe you should transfer there, and, uh, you know, that's just the intensity that he had, and just the mind games he would play, and, um, you know, what he expected out of you, know, I had had my best game of my career to that point, I was feeling good, and he still, like, it still was never good enough, and, um, you know, I hold that today in, in my approach to coaching, like I, I think I can become better every day as a coach. Uh, what can I provide these guys? And, you know, I, um, Coach Miller would say I have some Coach Calhoun in me as a coach where I, I expect these guys to do the same. You know, I want them to come in and take this serious, uh, even at this level. Um, you know, be in the gym, work harder, get better every day on and off the court. Um, but yeah, there's, I mean, there's countless Coach Calhoun stories, but that's, that's, that's awesome. That yeah, he, he really holds everybody accountable, and that's why yes. I believe he's the greatest program builder ever. Yes. Um, and um, 
I definitely my idol. Uh, we want to wish you great success with Thank your you. coaching here. You're probably one part your dad, one part Tyler Olander as a young kid, one part Jim Calhoun, yeah. and you take a little bit of everybody's greatest things. Ollie, uh, you know, Coach Miller. These are guys that have the rings. Um, yeah. And so it must be such a thrill for your uh, St. Joseph's Blue Jays to say, I'm surrounded by people who've gone to the mountaintop of this of this game, you know. Yeah. And so they're blessed to have it. And, and we're very thankful that you made some time with us on a beautiful October Saturday to come check you out and to meet you. It's been a thrill. Awesome. Yeah. Likewise. I had a great time. Thank you guys Thank for you. having me on your show. Just the best of luck to you, um, you know, in your, your athletics career, basketball season coming up. Um, baseball season after that, but definitely make sure you stay in the books. I, I, I can't stress how important that is, first and foremost, to, to you know, be a leader in there, uh, get your grades, straight A's, uh, no excuse not to, and then everything on the court will, will happen well after that. That's awesome. Well, we will keep in touch, and uh, we definitely want to come back and, and, and check you guys out. How many games will you play at home this year? Uh, we should play about, like, 15. Uh, I think around Christmas we have, like, a tournament here. Okay, cool. Uh, like a little season tournament, I think. So. What, do you want, what do you say, Joe? You want to come back? Yeah. That'll yeah, be awesome. Come check us out. We should have a good year. All right. Well, thank you so much, Tyler. It was great meeting you. And fans, I hope you enjoyed another one of our UConn favorites on the Sliders and Curveballs podcast. And we will catch up with you soon. Our next show is actually going to be – we're back-to-back -back, uh, basketball, Joe. We, we should change our name, maybe to Rebounds and, and um, Three-Pointers or something. We're going to do a UConn preview show, and that's going to be with the Hartford Current, and we're going to be live in the studio in about a week. So we'll take a look at all the new players, all the new freshmen, and how we're going to hopefully go what, Joe? Back to back this year. We'll catch up with you soon. Joseph, I love you. Love you. Tyler, thank you so much. Thanks again. Take care. You too.